There ain't enough room in this town for you and me, babe. <laughs> Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening.
Yeah. <laughs> well, if you hang with us for a while, we've got some questions for you. We hope, and we hope you enjoy answering them. Would you? Are you ready? I I, I am, but if I'm not going to enjoy answering it, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to not answer it. So let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm set. Okay, I'm going to give you the first one. It says your show, Wild Bill has been in most cities for um, at least five years, if, if I can remember correctly. Um, so how did it all begin for you? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, the, the, the handwriting was on the proverbial wall at All My Children and, indeed, so much of daytime for so many years. And I've been doing stand-up comedy for over 20 years at that point. This is about 20, this is 2010, 2011 or so. And um, I mean, I've been doing comedy since '91. I was just I was just kind of over it. I was like, I'm too old to be doing stand-up comedy, but I wanted to be able to get out and do something because I enjoy it, you know. And so I thought, well, maybe a one-man show. So I read a bunch of one-man shows, and they, really, they just really didn't speak to me. Some of them were very well written, but I just I did just weren't for me. And then I was back home in my hometown of Ottawa, Illinois, with my son doing Arsenic and Old Lace. So it would have been 2010. Uh, He was playing Officer O'Hara. I was playing Mortimer Brewster. It was the first time we'd worked on stage, really. And it was just a really special time. And we were going over to the train station nearby, this little town of Ottawa, Illinois, over in Mendota, Illinois, to pick up my wife and my daughter who would like to come, who had come in by train because they like to travel by train because they had all that time, I guess. How anybody travels by train is beyond me. But um, went over to pick them up and went through this little town called Troy Grove. And there was a sign on the outskirts of town uh, that said, Welcome to Troy Grove, birthplace of James Butler, Wild Bill Hickok. I said, no, wait a minute. I grew up, you know, 40 miles from here. How did I not know Wild Bill was born here? My God, because when I was a kid, all that was on television after 6 p.m. were westerns, you know. And Wild Bill is one of the, you know, I mean, he, he was in his time the most famous man in the world after Lincoln, and Lincoln was dead. So this was a famous man. <laughs> and... I just started to read about him and read the legends and then tried to get to the truth and researched for about, I guess, two years, about a year, about a year, a year and a couple of months. And then I started to write. Now, I had read all these one-man shows, so I kind of had a notion of the dynamic of it, but I'd never written a play or anything even approaching that. And it, it took me about a year, and I wrote the thing, and I was done with it when all my children went off the air. And that was 2011. That was on fall of 2011, if I remember correctly. And then uh, March of 2012, I had it up in um, I had it up in Marco Island, Florida. Uh, no full eye. I went to I went to Florida when it was cold in March. <laughs> so so uh, I've, I've actually been doing it since since 2012. Um, I don't know that I've been to most states. I've been to quite a few, but I don't know that I've been to most states doing it. Uh, I do it a lot in the uh, Illinois, uh, Kansas, um, kind of this kind of Midwest area where Wild Bill actually was. 
I do it a lot in in accord in kind of in combination with a thing I call the in school program, where I go into a high school and mentor and coach and like that for a couple of weeks, and then with the student crew, put the show on as a fundraiser for their theater department. And um, I've I've done that quite a few times, quite a few times around the uh, the area uh, that I grew up maybe in. Joliet and like that, but it's a it's a fun show. I really enjoyed doing it. It's it's funny because after I've done it, some was I I was in I think I was in Fort Worth. I was doing it for a cowboy association that was going to induct me and Wild Bill Hickok into the Cowboy Association of America, and I I had to break it to them that that Hickok wouldn't do that. He hated cowboys. He was a marshal where cowboys came in and just ripped his town up. He hated cowboys. So, I, but I very, I very kindly accepted the award for him uh, and walked off. But uh, uh, anyway, so but then I, I, um, I got a call from a friend of mine who was in a shooting club, a single action shooting club that I'm in uh, out in New Mexico, and he said that he had just gotten uh, something from somebody who was doing a thing about Wild Bill Hickok, and we're looking for actors. I'm like, well. Jesus, I've got this one-man show, I guess I should. So I gave him a call, and I said, let me send a tape of the show. And they hired me not only to play Pickoff, but to co-write the episode. Because <laughs> when I got in there, I'm like, so are you guys, like, telling the truth? I mean, do you mean to just, like, do the same legends, or did you want to tell the truth? Or They're like, oh, no, they, we want to tell, tell the truth. And, well, all this is wrong. <laughs> so, so we need to kind of go back to the drawing board, because there weren't ten guys. They're not sure he was even there, uh, you know stuff like this that, that, that just really wasn't so, what, but was part of his legend. So I picked up my first television writing credit on the strength of my first play writing credit. So there you go. That, I guess that's pretty lucky. So I did this episode of Gunslingers called Wild Bill, Mark, Marksman and Mark Man or some such thing uh, that showed on I guess it was Discovery and then was on the American Heroes channel. And uh, uh, I was the cover of the DVD release. Thank you very much. Wild Bill was the cover of the DVD. Anyway, it was a lot of fun to do, and I've had a lot of fun with the show. And it's interesting. When I, I, I knew the show must be pretty good because, of course, when I first started to do it, there were a lot of women dragging their husbands to it, you know, because the show was off the air. It had been about six months or a year since the show had gone off the air. There was no... Um, you know, no lasting presence of all my children after that uh, internet version folded. And so, you know, but I get so few, I always do a Q&A after, and I get so few questions about all my children, and, but I get these questions about Wild Bill. I'm like, wow, this is, this is kind of unusual. I'm usually asking, how tall is Erica really, you know, I, I so, it's, uh, it, it was, so I knew I had kind of a hit, I guess, because people were asking, you know, they wanted to know more about this man, about this man who is the reason we say things like sitting with your back to the wall and keeping your powder dry and shooting from the hip. These, are, these all came from Wild Bill. Um, you know, the dead man's hand, the pair of aces and the pair of eights, what he was holding when he got shot. They, they, we still talk. We, we still use those things in our You know, it's 150 years ago, and we still talk about it. it, it, it a fascinating man. Not, 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 not the legends, but the truth. Anyway, it was just, I mean, just uh, I, I love doing the research. I love writing it, and I love performing it. So if it's ever, wherever you are, you should come on and see it. And would love to. 
No, I'm telling you, you need to. Do you understand me? You have yeah. to come out and see it. <laughs> this is not a, you know, maybe I'll see you there, Walt, kind of a thing. It's like, you know, when I announce, you buy the ticket. There you go. Now, you can come as my guest. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I, it does to me. <laughs> yeah. It does to our yeah. listeners, too. That was, a, that was a long answer to a very kind question. What's next? Yeah, well, that's a, Okay. It'll take you back to daytime. We oh, lost you better hurry because I don't remember icons. much. <laughs> <laughs> we lost yeah, the icons. I mean, you know, I'm uh, almost, you know, I'm in my 60s now, and I'm, I'm kind of losing threads, and that's one of the first to go, I guess, because it was the same thing forever. <laughs> What's the question, my friend? Um, there is one person that was close to you that we lost, so my question is, what are your fondest memories of Larkin Malloy? Oh yeah, I knew I knew you were going to Tommy there. Um, yeah, whose whose real name is Tommy Malloy, and uh, and I think some of us who are closer to him occasionally were given Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> you know. Um, I you know one of my I I have nothing but fond memories because I mean we were dressing roommates when when we were at the old studio there uh, on 67th and Broadway um, and Columbus rather um, we went on vacations together I mean we you know we were brothers uh, for a lot of my early years there I mean we behaved that way um, and I was shocked. Uh, to hear, I had seen him not too awful long before that, and uh, knew his birthday was coming up, and uh, and it was just it, my 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 fondest memory is kind of telling a tale on him, and and and, and oh, I'm going to do it anyway. But the, the line was Jackson, and this was Travis's line. It was Jackson, you're up to your neck in this thing. Well, Larkin couldn't say that to save his life. He'd say, Jackson, you're up in your neck. Not up in your neck. No, 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 no. Hang on. I got this. Hey, all right. Jackson, you're up in your neck. And not up, it's up to your neck, right? Not up in your What am I doing? And he just could not say it right. And this went on for 10 takes, which, you know, daytime, you don't get 10 takes all day sometimes. And, I mean, we got to laughing to where it was just, there wasn't a chance. So they just moved on. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Let's just go. But it was just one of my fondest memories. Uh, and uh, and our trip to Aruba, which I'm not saying anything about. It was a fond memory. Oh, thank, thank you for sharing that. That's sure. Nice. Casey? Yeah, so, um, hi, Walt. It was hey, Casey, how are you? Happy New Year so. to you. Oh, happy new year to you as well. How are you? I'm swell. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, what about pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure to see your show last year here in Springfield, Illinois at the Hoagland. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, I'm um, so glad you came. Thanks for saying that. Uh, that that's a, now, you saw it in the large theater or in the smaller one? In the smaller one. In the smaller one, yeah, that's uh, I I liked it there. I thought that was a perfect intimate. It's an intimate show. It's not a three thousand seater. I mean, the ship. I'd love it if it were. But it's not. It's it's a more intimate <laughs> show than that. And I thought that that 
that that theater was kind of perfect for it. I like them, you know, small, like a little more in a black box, a, a couple hundreds, perfect. And that that was about the size that that was. It worked out very nicely. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was. Oh yes. Um, and what I also enjoyed, of course, is growing up watching you as Jackson Montgomery and all my children. Um, since the show went off the air, um, I have always wanted to ask just about every cast member this. Um, and so it's my question to you tonight. What was your favorite memory of working on All My Children? I, I, I you know, to try to distill those down to a favorite memory, it was just, I just kind of impossible i mean i i i I have so many and i treasure them all and i just hope that i can keep them forever and ever um you know i mean those those hours and hours spent on set with susan where a lot of the time we just sat and talked and she's so smart and fascinating and together and has got it going on and i learned so much just just watching her handle things you know just watching her you know, the way she handled things. And said, wow, that's, yeah, that's classy. That's just classy. I like you. you know? So that's a, that's a fond memory of which I have multiple impressions. I mean, um, let me see. Do I tell tales out of school or not? You know, I mean, I, 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 some of them are. I, I, I remember Larkin, before my birthday, once sent a stripper to the studio during uh, dress <laughs> rehearsal, I guess. Uh, because we used, right. to, we used to block the whole show. We used to camera block the whole show, break for lunch, come back, dress, rehearse the whole show, then have notes, then start taping the show when the news department was done with the videotape recorders at 3.30 or so. That's when we'd start to tape. So, you know, so we'd spent a lot of time together in those days, the cast, because you were there all day. Every day you worked, you were there all day. And... I think a lot of the time spent together was good and reflected uh, in the scene work done. I think it was a different thing. So anyway, here comes this, I don't know, I can't remember if she was dressed as a cop or I, I don't know, some ridiculous thing like that. And I'm like, what? Well, unbeknownst to Larkin, unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to anybody, this thing was going out on the network feed. So uh, the network feed goes into every ABC station, whether you're an O&O or an independent, and so you can watch the New York feed, one of many, in fact, anytime you want. I understand we had quite a few watchers that day. So that's, that's, that's another lark in my life. I mean, you know, I, I have memories going back before I was ever Jackson. I mean, I probably worked for, I'm going to guess, 40 or 50 times as an extra under five day player on all my children. I grew up. Well, not age-wise, but in terms of learning that business, learning that microcosm of entertainment on that show. I mean, I was, let's see, I was Palmer's limo, no, I was Palmer's, hang on now, i got to get this right. I was Palmer's limo driver. I was Adam's jet pilot. I was, I worked at the Gold, not the Gold Coast, no, 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 uh, uh, the one where Candy Early used, used to sing at. What the heck was the name of that restaurant? Um, oh, yeah. uh, I was the maitre d' there. I was uh, had many burgers and McKay's in the background, um, trying to get a date with the extra they put me with, you know. Um, and uh, John the Yard Man on some live. I was on all the remotes, uh, <laughs> all the remotes. I just thought it was a funny Ruth Warwick story. I can't tell. Um, and you know, so I literally, I mean, that was one of my first jobs in New York. 
uh, was doing extra work on that. I didn't know you weren't supposed to call or go there, so I went there and hi, I just want to. I'm Walt Willie. I'm new in town. Just want to say hi, and you know, <laughs> what a rude, what a maroon. And but the uh, casting director at at that time, Suzanne Ringrose, um, uh, she was the assistant casting director. In fact, she thought I was charming, I guess, or something. And she's like, "Okay, well, listen, can you are you available next Wednesday?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, can you work? Yeah. <laughs> so that was like like one of my first jobs. Wow. Um, but yeah. So and that was like. 1980. That was before I started on Ryan's Hope. So we're talking like 1983, I guess. I started as Jackson in 87. So I've been around there. Like I remember one day, I I uh, I was doing a day player at all my children playing a detective, and I had this scene in a in a payphone, and I was just about to do it, and they say, and somebody called the studio and says, you can't use him. They just cast him as Joe Novak at Ryan's Hope. You can't use him. So, so they grabbed this, this actor that was playing the police chief, and it was this long, involved phone conversation. They gave, gave the, he was like, are you crazy? I would need two days to remember this. So it was funny. But, yeah, I had been cast as Joe Novak, but I was playing some detective on all my children, and they, you know, we were just about to tape, and I get him over there. You can't use him. We just cast him, you know, so, but, which I didn't know at that point. So, yeah, yeah, that's how I found out. That's a great story. Yeah, right. So I said, "What really?" Yeah, my agent would have called or something. <laughs> well, they did right in time. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I had to call my agent. I just got fired off all my children because I'm working at Ryan's Hope. What? <laughs> oh God! You do forget <laughs> to call me, honey. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I to try to come up with with a single memory. I I mean, I used to give uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan a ride to work. You know, we we ride in together and getting Aww. to know that young man and seeing his incredible family dynamic and motivation and decency uh, shine like it is now. That's that's one of my greatest pleasures. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I was like a father to him or anything like that. I was playing as, you know, he was my adopted son. But uh, those rides in, you know, back and forth from, uh, uh, you know, he'd meet me at the Dunkin' Donuts. His mom would drop him off there in Jersey City, and then we'd ride in. <laughs> together and uh yeah so that's a fond memory i mean i don't really have any bad memories of, of all my children there's some nights where it's like it's 2 a.m are we still here for real can we please go now i have a 7 30 call are you crazy you know so but but that's but that's even fun you know i mean i think you know i mean and i know how this sounds so let so i'm glad we talked about all these wonderful memories uh before i say this because 25 years is a really long time to be on a thing. And that time went by like that. And, you know, being a Midwest kid with a father who worked swing shifts for 47 years in the same glass factory and was on his knees thankful for this job his whole life, it was a hard job to leave. Um, you know, in '95, I started having kids, and then I was like, "Why would I? Leave? Why would I leave? No, it's crazy. I just had a baby. I'm not going anywhere. Go so have me, you know." But 25 years is a long time, and 
I look back and kind of wonder if maybe I should have, like, left in 92 or 3 and, and done something else. But then I think I had the best job in entertainment. I had a 9-to-5 job. I got to feel useful at least three days a week, you know. I don't know what my life would have been like if I was doing a film and then not working for seven months and then doing a film maybe or not working for a year and a half and then doing an episodic and then I don't know. I think I don't know that I could have done that. I don't know that I could have done that. So it was it was for me who has this kind of I don't know almost arcane work ethic. It was kind of perfect especially when I was doing that during the week and then doing comedy on the weekends. It was like, I was never happy. I was busy all the time. I was writing. It was, it was, it was great. It was great. I, I was doing a, a cartoon in, I think, Soap Opera Weekly or, uh, and then in uh, Soap Opera Update. I was doing a comic strip or a column or something. I mean, it was, it was just it was wonderful. It was wonderful. However, <laughs> when they pulled the plug, there was a part of me that went, thank you, Jesus. I am so <laughs> over this, but I would never quit. Who would quit a job like that and at a time like that? And a, and and a character who was so embraced, using people who watched the show. So you know, I don't want to sound because I'm not. You know, I'm not the least bit. Um, uh, oh, I wish I'd done something else. I'm not really. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it gave me a wonderful life. I got to see the world. I got to raise kids. And I got to hang with Susan Lucci. Come on, what could be better than that? <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> if, if these are if these answers are too long, just let me know because you know I I live alone and no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you for as long as you'll have us. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Amen. Casey, did you have something else, my dear? Yeah. Hey, do you have one? Our other co-host, Candace, could not be here tonight because she's feeling a little under the weather. Oh, but you know what? So you take an Alka-Seltzer flu or cold, and you get in the car, and you come down, and you talk to me. Come on. Seriously? <laughs> you know, I mean, I could have a leg, you know, just about with one tendon holding it on, and I'd still be doing this. What's the matter with her? You tell her that's not the way we conduct ourselves in this business. You tell her that for me. You hear me? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just play this portion of the, You call her up when we're done You play this portion of the show for her And then tell her if she wants to call me and apologize I'm up, oh, what is it, 6.30 I'm up at least another hour and a half Tell her hurry and call me I, Let her know I'm, I'm retired now, you know I don't stay up late anymore <laughs> So funny Oh, wow <laughs> Casey, what else? I know you've got another one What is it, my dear? Yeah, so uh, Candace wanted to know. Okay, oh, no, were, oh, no, no, no. I don't care what Candace wanted to know. Candace wanted to know so bad she would be there in studio with you asking me this question. Candace doesn't care. Candace said, why should I spend one moment, one, one moment of my energy oh my trying to come up with a cute answer for Candace's query because she's not there? Oh, Seriously. What did she want to know? You know what? I still have the Yuletide feeling. What did she want to know? I'm so angry with her. What did she want to know? <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> My side is hurting. Sales, if you were a salesman trying to sell somebody on the Wild Bill show, 
Um, how would you present it to somebody? You know, it's a good thing she isn't there. Cause that's, oh. that, that's, that's, you know what, I, who, who cares? No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, <laughs> like I say, most, so many people now, any younger than me, frankly, they don't know who Wild Bill Hickok, they don't know Wild Bill Hickok from Alfred Hitchcock, you know. And, but what's, what's, I, I, once people hear the story or just a couple of things about it, like, for instance, the earlier thing that I was talking about, about so much of him is still in our language. We still talk about, oh, no, I'm still with my back against the wall here. You know, we still talk about, hey, that guy, he shoots from, from the hip. You know, and those were all things that came from his legend. He shot from the hip. He didn't point the gun. He shot right in front of the minute it cleared the host. And um, when people realize that here's a man who had, um, uh, who was, I wouldn't even say famous. I'd say he was well-known in a small region. Uh, he had been a spy for the Union during the Civil War. He had been involved in a gunfight that, again, it's quite possible he never fired a shot. But as the story grew, and part of the reason it grew that way is because he grew it <laughs> that way, it was you know, him against four others. And uh, he came out victorious. But he came, uh, he was introduced by an old captain that he knew in the Union Army to uh, a man who was a writer for the, uh, um, uh, sure it is, <laughs> this, uh, the, oh, for Pete's like Harper's, Harper's Weekly in those days, Harper's Bazaar now. Uh, and so he did an interview with Wild Bill. He asked him some questions and Bill didn't, he thought they were having conversation after the guy bought him dinner. They weren't really, he didn't, you know, the guy wasn't writing anything down. So uh, Bill goes back to scouting for the Army, which is what he did a lot of his life. So he comes back from scouting to find out that this man has written uh, an article in the Harper's Weekly, and it has all these great adventures. And this thing goes out on this new invention called Telegraph. And so it is reprinted in every local newspaper east of the Mississippi. That I mean, he was he he was the first media generated celebrity. You know, mm. he, he and and I and to me it was fascinating. I mean, there were so many kind of things that you know we both left home at about the same age. We both got kind of famous. We both saw that that didn't always wasn't always a great thing, you know. Uh, and so because his fame is of course what killed him eventually. The man who killed Wild Bill is going to be famous. He didn't live long, but he was famous for about you know six months or so. Um, but you know, when when you realize that that he a man comes out comes back from a job in the woods to find out he is the most famous man in the United States after Lincoln, and like I said earlier, by this time Lincoln's dead. And that's uh, you know he never bought a drink again. You know he never bought dinner again. He probably he would go into a place they give him money to gamble with because people wanted to gamble where he gambled. They wanted to see him. They wanted to be in the same room with him. And when you reel that kind of fame had never existed before in the entire world. That kind of fame had never existed. And a very interesting character study of what that kind of fame does to a boy from Illinois. So I couldn't I couldn't hardly pass up doing it. Uh that's how I try to sell it 
you know, uh, the truth and and travails of the mo- of the world's most famous first most famous man. You know, I mean, uh, people came from Europe that he would take them out scouting in the old west. You know, they came in from Switzerland. Just he just arrived with Wild Bill. He was happy to take their money and give them a lot of BS. Oh yeah, well if you have a hundred men. Thousand Indians, maybe more. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. That people are like, oh my God! And what about Perry? And this is wonderful. This is wonderful, you know. And uh, you know, but he didn't make it to forty years old. So anyway, that's wow. that's how I'd sell it. And if anybody would give me that kind of time, I I think I'd have them. <laughs> I think you would too. <laughs> yes. Now I see the you show will. again. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Uh, Case, you have any more? Um, no, that's all. Yeah, you got to make up for Candace and that lame question of hers, Casey. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. I'm still Sarah, so angry with her. Maybe Carolyn so can help out with that wall. <laughs> go, Hi, wall. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hey, Carolyn, how are you? Happy New Year to you. I'm good. Happy, happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> I hope you go easy on me. Oh my goodness, <laughs> poor Candace. Hey, sure, there. You know what I mean. You showed up to do it. You, you could be sick with the with the dengue. Who knows? But there you are. So okay. that's all I care about. My first question is: Where do you draw your strength from doing a one man show like Wild Bill? <laughs> it's, I don't know that there's a lot of strength to draw. I just oh. hope I remember the. This, this 60 page monologue it's like how stupid am I going to look up here if I can't remember this so that you can draw strings from that um, you know, I had, like I said earlier I had spent so many years doing stand up which I loved I loved owning the stage I loved working alone if you do well you do well if you don't do well you got nobody to turn around and point a finger at and I liked that I thought that was a real kind of raw edgy thing which I didn't need to do at all as a matter of fact the lawyers at ABC took me to 21 for lunch one day to try to convince me what a bad idea it was. <laughs> but I did it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really bad idea. Um, but because I was terrible what, at first. What but, kind of, what kind of um, stand-up comedy do you do? Well, I worked pretty blue. I mean, I I would do an hour, 20-minute set. I mean, and I wrote constantly. The show changed considerably over the 20 years. But I worked blue. I was, I guess I was most influenced kind of by, you know, Jonathan Winters, Robin Williams kind of lunacy, oh. um, non-sequitur stuff. And, you know, when I was growing up, I found my dad's Red Fox records, you know. And then I, and then I found out about Richard Pryor. And I listened to that oh. on record. Uh, the first album, the first 33 and a third RPM record I ever bought first LP I ever bought was Bill Cosby's I started out as a child I was really into comedy as a kid and I always wanted to do it but Richard Pryor to me um, you know he he doesn't speak to black folks he doesn't speak to white folks he speaks to folks and he speaks spoke God bless God rest his soul spoke uh, uh, speaks yet today because you can still watch him you know I mean uh, he he and he spoke the truth everything that he said it's so funny because you go yeah 
And it doesn't matter if you're black or white, green, purple. What I, you know, you go, yeah, that's the truth. That's so funny. That's the truth, you know. And so I tried to work that way. So my whole show was nothing but truth. I didn't write jokes. I mean, I wrote, you know, I wrote, I'm, you know, I don't know which way this goes, but the the, the definition for comic is um, one and comedian is another, and one says things funny, one says funny things, but I can never keep straight in my head which oh. one's supposed to be which. Um, I, I didn't say funny things, I said things funny. Um, mm-hmm. and that's how I worked. Yeah. So I told stories, I didn't tell jokes, I told stories. And, interesting, uh, interesting. You know, peaks and valleys, and they moved one into the other, so it was like, you know, I want a 10 minute monologue. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great energy. You get from the audience, and the more you get from them, you know, unless you're ducking things they're throwing, the more you get from them, the more you <laughs> want to give them back. And it becomes this kind of like two stars locked in each other's orbit, you know, passing. Uh, now that I'm retired, I watch and read a lot of science stuff. So let's forget the two stars analogy. It's probably not going to work <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they push pull the energy between the audience and if they're doing stand-up. I just thoroughly loved it. I just thoroughly loved it. Oh. Uh, my second question is, is there a reason why you speak in character of Bill of Wild Bill in your anti-bullying campaign? In my what campaign? Anti- anti-bullying. You're, you're, you have a campaign, correct? Anti-bullying? No, oh. I... I don't know what that is. Okay. I've never heard that before in my life. Oh, okay. Maybe oh. maybe this is something I should look into. Am I connected with something that I have no connection with? Oh. <laughs> well, That's happened my before, research. so it's always interesting to know oh. what I'm connected with. Okay, well, I'll have to um, I'll have to do my uh, due diligence. Let there, me know. And then I want you, once you find out what's going on, I want Candace to call me to tell me what it is. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't just do nothing, Candace, to be a part of this game. So you find out what this anti-blame thing is, and you have Candace to let me know. All right, thank you. <laughs> Oh well, very good. well I, uh, before before I leave, I love your website. Um, uh, I just you, you've got Thank the you. best website. Did did you did you do it or do you have a company no, that does I, it? No, thank you, Bonnie Vance, uh, a, a, a lovely woman named Bonnie Vance, whom I guess I've been working with for some years. I have a really terrible time space thing. I, people say, oh yeah, that was like. How long ago was it, Walt? Well, that's five years ago. No, it was like 12 years ago, Walt. Oh, geez, okay. So uh, <laughs> but we, we've been working together for a while. She designs and, uh, designed and maintains that website. So she's constantly trying to get good content up there for me. Yeah, if she's really well, good at it. It's great. It's great. Lots of uh, information and very, very well done. Well, and I right, want to thank you. Did you, did, you, did you subscribe to updates while you were there? Did you get on the list? So when I, so if I ever do anything again, which I may not because I'm really enjoying my retirement, <laughs> but if I ever do. You, you, you keep saying you're retired. Are, I, are you going to be in the um, – I'm in St. Pete, Florida. You know, I just found out yesterday, uh, my friends in Soap This, who were producing this, that there's some kind of a um, – uh, 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 mess up with the scheduling at the venue. 
where we were having this, the name of which I honestly don't even know um, <laughs> at this point. Um, but, you know, I, I drive my car there, I show up, I put it in my GPS, so I have no idea. Um, but, uh, so I won't be doing that on my birthday. Yeah, that was going to be so much fun. We're going to do Wild Bill and celebrate my birthday. And, uh, yeah, I just announced on Facebook there that uh, I think I just did that this morning perhaps, maybe yesterday. Again, it's, they're all the same to me now. Um, uh, but, yeah, so unfortunately I, I, I won't be doing that January 26th. Yeah. But well, I'm down in Florida quite a bit. So but uh, so I'm, we're, we're going to reschedule that. I guess they just had some kind of issue with, oh, oh, you guys wanted that room kind of thing. Oh, no, you can't have that room. <laughs> so something went wonky. I didn't have anything to do with it, so I just have to go, oh, okay, well, let's reschedule it. So we will. Um, okay. But, yeah, I'm, 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 Keep us posted. Uh, well, keep us posted. If, yeah, well, keep me us posted. posted if, oh, I sure will. I sure will. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. I know we we plan to talk about that, but I just just found out. This just in. Yeah. And thank you very much for sharing Wild Bill's story. That's all interesting. That's great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of what I'm doing these days. Um, although I I have been, you know, I I was an artist for years. That's what I always thought I'd do is be a graphic artist. And uh was, you know, a fine arts major in college and yeah, you know, I always thought that's what I would do. And I've kept drawing, um, uh, over the years and for years I would do my own Christmas cards and they'd always be like a cartoon kind of thing. And did that thing in soap opera weekly and soap opera updates and you know drawing and and kind of cartoon comic strip kind of stuff and uh i've been getting back into drawing which has just been lovely because you know obviously kind of my first passion i did it as a kid almost constantly i was a weird kid so i just hold up and draw you know (laughs) i was a really strange kid my parents were like, yep, you just stay in that room and draw. That way we don't have to explain your weird butt to people when they come No, stay in and draw. You need more pencils? Here's some typing paper. Don't use that cheap manila crap. Here, stay in there and draw. Um, so I, I'm getting back. In fact, I'm I'm taking a watercolor class starting in a couple of weeks. Um, I've always wanted to learn to be somewhat familiar with watercolor. So, yeah, so after, you know, working for 50 plus straight years since I'm 13 years old. I'm kind of taking a little time. I've got some flowers I want yet to smell. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'll always be part of the theater. I'll always be part of that world. Um, occasionally, occasionally I get an itch, and I'll audition for, for something, or I'll start a writing project. And I know I'll come back to it at some point. But, you know, I'm just kind of enjoying getting up, going for a hike, Going for a nice veggie lunch somewhere, uh, coming back watching enjoying, a couple of science enjoying programs. Reti- <laughs> enjoying retirement. I don't. Think I kind of retirement. am. I, you know, but it's weird because I, I mean, it's weird. I've been working since uh, the summer before my eighth grade year, and uh, it's it's weird to like. Well, I actually don't have to do one damn thing. And you kind of sit around and think about that for a while. You think, I don't really have to do anything. I do. And that that's that was good for me for about three days. <laughs> uh, then that was that was no good for me at all because what I did was nothing, and I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do it. Um, 
But I just moved to Nashville for, for uh, I just moved down here. Um, so I'm in Nashville now, which is a, kind of a cool thing. Uh, you know, I was in my hometown for several years. I think I came back there in 2014 and got the community theater running and the children's theater, but we lost our theater space. Just about the time I thought, you know what, I love doing this, but maybe there might be something else I need to do. I don't know. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And just every so often things happen and you go, wow, that's just what I wanted to happen. This is great. <laughs> you know, not very often, but things kind of uh, can join uh, occasionally at a, at a good place. And you go, wow, this is what it's like when the universe is being nice to me. I like this. So, yeah. so kind of, kind of, kind of change of life here, volunteering at the zoo, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I'm just digging it. I'm just loving it. Um, it's nice, you know, talk, talking to my kids a lot, seeing them quite a bit. Fly out to Denver to see my girl at the University of Denver, and fly to New Mexico to see my son there, and playing his band and stuff. And you know, it's it's not such a bad deal. Yeah, it's all good. All good. Anthony. Sir Waltz, my name is Anthony. I'm from Staten Island. Anthony, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize we had this whole line of people. I'm sorry. I'll have to breathe. I'm so sorry. You know, everybody nobody is- talks to me anymore, so I just I talk. When I, you know, I've been saving this up for about four months. No, bring it, bro, bring it. Anthony, go ahead. Funny. <laughs> I I actually met you a few times. One being at Super Soap, which was phenomenal. Um, I you uh, know you those, answered- those were fun, huh? Super yeah, oh my God! Yeah. They were fun. And you, um, you were one of the ones that came for the fans. There were some that came, did their thing, and bounced off, didn't want. Um, I have to say, you know, if you talk tonight, if there, if anybody listening thinks you're talking tonight, they should have been at Super Soap. You, you know, you were always phenomenal. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you're in Disney. I mean, which for me, I mean, you know, growing up with the, you know, the. the Walt Disney show every Sunday, I think it was, on, on television, or the Wide World of Color and all this. You know, being being like a featured act in Disneyland, I'm not, or in Disney World, I, I, that was a big deal. I, there was one year that I was, when they did it out in California, out in the California part of the West Coast Disney, um, the, the, the park called, called California, I think it's called, what's it called? I don't know. Anyway, but, but they did like a weekend of all my children, they did a weekend of General Hospital, and they did a weekend of Am I Still Living? They kept, I like lived on Disney property for a month. It was not a bad deal at all. Let me tell you why. It, it was like the rest of the world was black and white when you walked out of there. It was like, oh, can I please come back and live there again, please? Thank you. Well, well I'm, I'm glad you had fun there. Those, those were oh. awful fun, yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw your comedy show twice back in the early 2000s. Um, and again, just phenomenal you just you know the subjects the way you sarcastically yet very bluntly came at it it just yeah i'm sarcastically very... but warmly i like that a warm a, a warm treacly sarcasm that that sounds about right <laughs> yeah very good very good I'm going to throw a non sequitur in actually um susan is doing a one man show recently and um she actually addressed somebody had asked her you know, did she have nerves, this and that? And she actually addressed the fact that you'd been doing it, and it was one of her inspirations. I don't know oh, if you've heard that. that. So, I so wanted nice to, to hear. Yeah, I wanted to give you that. Um, you can find it on YouTube, actually, if you if you look up her um, 
inspirations as to what she's doing, um, readings from diaries of celebrities. And uh, somebody from asked her what diaries from, from what? Diaries from what? From, from celebrities. She does uh, oh, one reading from, from Diary Gabor. From celebrities. What a great idea. Yeah, it is what a great fun. idea. And in you know, Carol thing. Burnett's a, a good friend of mine. I've seen, you know, she's been out there with her show, you know, her memories show for, oh, I don't know, what, three or four years now, I guess. And when when she's in Chicago, I always go up there. And when she's in Nashville, I always go down there. And, you know, so I've seen it probably three or four times. And it is such a treat, you know. I mean, that's Carol Burnett. And she calls me and says, hi, I just got a card from her the other day. I mean, it's like she's a friend. You know, it's like so weird. Oh, my God. But yeah, but to, to see Susan do a one man, I mean, she's she's a force of nature. Susan is, and I don't see her slowing down until they close the lid, so to speak. Because yeah, just, you know, I, no, I, I I mean that in the best possible way. I think she's just that's what she's on this earth for, and, and she's been doing it for you know fifty years or so, uh, you know, since Juilliard, and you know, this is you know she's. So I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. See, I I don't really follow things like that anymore. I probably should, and I sometimes kind of feel bad that I don't. But I I kind of don't. Um, but I looked that up. That would be an honor indeed to to be uh, named as a, an inspiration for her doing that. that. That's cool. But yeah, she's like, if Walt Willie can do it, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like if you know, goofy, if that goofy Gus can do this, I can do this. Please, are you kidding? With one eye closed. All right, I'm done. Uh, very good. Well, good, good for her. You answered my Wild Bill questions in your previous answers, so I'm going to throw a completely... Thank you for you know, paying fan. attention, unlike Candace, who didn't even show up. <laughs> <laughs> Candace, you're never going to live very much, Anthony. Appreciate that. Oh, so let's, I'm going to so, I'm, I'm go throw you a very soap, op, soap opera fan question, though, okay. if you don't mind. Here I am. The streak. The streak went on for years. What was it like on set the day after, a couple of days after, you know, she won that that very well deserved Emmy. Let me tell you what. Funny story. I I told her that I thought that I was bad luck for her, and I joked that I I'm gonna I tell you what I'm gonna book myself as far away as I can on Emmy night, and you're gonna <laughs> have a shot at this. No, this is a true story. I booked myself in a club in Seattle. In Seattle, on the other <laughs> side of the country, and I was on stage when they brought me word that she had won. I'm like, well, that's all I had to do. I just had to get out of there for. I, I wish I'd known that years ago. I would have happily just gotten the hell out of town for a night, you know. But so unfortunately, I wasn't there for all of the, you know, denouement for the falling action. I wasn't there for that. Um, I was there, you know, I mean, everybody was thrilled to death. I mean, after, what was it, 19 years, it was, you know, I think everybody, uh, you know, when it got to that portion of the evening, as it usually did, uh, when you're in the audience or when you're co-hosting with her, as I did, you know, uh, you're like, gee, I really hope that she gets it this year because, you know, it just got to be kind of ridiculous. However, I was only, you know, I only served as a viewer on, um, as a voting viewer on a couple of those. 
things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people get a storyline and they get a couple of good days and that's their reel and it knocks it out of the park and you go, wow, okay. So, you know, maybe not. Maybe we should, she'll get it next year. So we're just going to give it to Kim Zimmer this year or whoever it is, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, she'll, she'll get it next year. But then that went on for how long? So I'm, I always wished I'd been there. Um, of course, I saw it replayed a million times, but, uh, but I still think I'm the reason. I'm the reason that she got it is because I was nowhere near it. I was in Seattle. <laughs> well, I'm really glad I asked that question tonight. Yeah, I have one more I for you. I haven't, I haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> I have one more for you. It comes from both me and Candace. Please don't scream. Be smart. Don't even mention her. Which just say it came from you, and off we go. Here we go. Still, still, I'm trying to get rid of this feeling. So, go ahead. We touched on on Larkin a little bit. I was wondering if you could also touch on, of course, David and the the mistress of all, Agnes. What um, what lasting memories or help or anything did they, you know? Did they leave for well, you? you know, you there were that? a lot of people that, that we've since, since lost. I'm James Mitchell, Eileen Hurley, Ruth Warwick, um, you know, to name a few. Uh, and, yeah. you know, and Louis Edmonds, you know. Uh, Louis, Louis Edmonds was one of my first roommates at All My Children when I was being like doing a, a under five or a day player where they actually give you a dressing room. I was like, wow, I got a key there. Holy cow. Oh, my dear boy, I think you're going to do so well. You're very handsome and you're quite a good actor. I think you're going to do very well. I said, well, thank you, Mr. Evans. Oh, no, no, call me Louis. Oh, well, that's okay. I don't know that I can, but let's, I, mean, my look, I used to watch in my dark shadows, you know. So, yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know. And uh, and he, he said, tell me, dear boy, do you, do you smoke marijuana? I, I, well, uh, yes, actually, I do. And he said, here, try this. We grow this out on my farm in Martha's Vineyard. But sit down when you do it. So, so one of my earliest memories of all my children was getting a joint from Louis Edmonds. I, I oh my God, classic. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I, 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 Ruth Warren, her memorial was so wonderful because she, she put it together herself and even had a, a so long message from her that she had pre-recorded, you know, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was just, it, it was just a joy, um, which is what those things should be, you know, um, but, you know, David Canary, who, uh, again, I mean, David Canary, uh, you know, one of the most solid actors that I've um, and uh, a learning experience of working with. Uh, I remember them. I think it was my first day on the show. My, I think my first scene was with him. Maybe not. Maybe 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 it wasn't. But we. One of my early storylines was with him because I was my. I was. Pitting uh, uh, Adam against Palmer, uh, something about a, a political action committee fund that I was raising for my brother, so he would not win the Senate. Something I don't know. It was very early on, and I remember David Canary opening the door during our scene. You know, he I'm knocking on, on the door outside the, the 
Chandler Mansion there, whatever it was. And he opens the door, and all I can hear is dun 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 so I worked with him. I think, was it another world that he, he was on before he started children? I think so. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I had done just a little work. That was actually my first contract was on another world with, with Bing Rames. Bing Rames and I were hired to, uh, to uh, be the uh, bodyguards for the Queen of Tenkir, Cecile. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. Oh, but, but, so I got to beat up Steve Schnetzer a lot. Uh, so <laughs> this is like '85, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, big range. Here's the funny story. So, you know, being, being a big man, big arms. You know, he's got that voice. I'm gonna get medieval on you. You know, and so we get out. Well, I'm so I'm feeling so great because like you know, the first week we shoot in the studio. The next week we're all gonna go to St. Thomas in the Caribbean and shoot on location. And I'm a scuba diver, and I guess that was one of the reasons I got cast, because we needed to dive. Well, evidently, Ving Rhames told him, yeah, I'm a scuba diver. <laughs> and so, so we get there, and he's like, I don't even swim, man. <laughs> like, so, so I got to do all the scuba diving. And so, the first oh night I'm there, I blew my back. Mm-hmm. Like oh, or something. God. I blew my back. I go to this island doctor's like, oh, don't worry, here's some uh, quaaludes or I don't know what it was, some uh, uh, you know very strong oxycontin kind of thing, and took care of my back pain. But you know my, <laughs> and so this this pain is going shooting down my left leg. So my left leg was very weak. So I'm in scuba diving and I'm swimming, but I guess I'm kind of swimming in a circle because my left leg is so weak it's not pushing my fins <laughs> like my right one. Oh my God, what a what a what a hoot! And poor John Weitzel, the director, he's on the boat. He's got his feet are so sunburned he can't get his shoes on. And I'm swimming in circles. Oh, I don't know what. Get Bing in here. He'll, he'll, he can do Bing. Come on in. I don't even swim, man. <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, my uh, kind of my break in to uh, the miracle of daytime television on remote. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> well, sir, you have been an amazing interview. I knew it was oh, going to be a fun night for sure. I'm a, I'm a gas bag. I can't help it. I'm a gas bag. I don't get out much, you know. So. <laughs> Thank you for being my therapy. Uh, you know. Oh, <laughs> thank you for being our therapy. Ah, yeah. Well, there we go. People helping people is a great story. That's what it is. <laughs> well, Walt, why don't you tell them your website and anything else that they can look you up on, so at least we get you some chatter after tonight. Oh sure, well th- th- sure because this is this is what I do. Um, I am at Walt Willie World. And that's W-I-L-L-E-Y, Irish, not English. WaltWillieWorld.com is the website. Uh, I'm W. Willie, again, W-W-I-L-L-E-Y, on Twitter and Facebook. I think I'm Walt Willie. <laughs> I think there's, and there's a Wild <laughs> Bill site and there's a Facebook site. But the best thing to do would be to go to the website and then sign up for um, uh, updates. And then we let you know what's going on uh, whenever it's going on and when it's not going on, I guess, as well. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. All Have right. a great 2019. Hopefully we see you soon. 
I would love to, yeah, yes, and tell Candace that I do still have a soft place in my heart for her, but it hardened up a little. We will. Okay. All right, very good. <laughs> Thanks, Walt. Good night. Thank you, Walt. Good night. All right. Bye-bye now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I need to wipe these things from my eyes because I laughed so far. <laughs> yeah, my side, my side is hurting. Um. You know, I had we, to call. To... Carolyn, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, good. I didn't want him <laughs> to take out his frustration out on, on Candace on you for one. <laughs> that was just so funny. He was so much. He was oh. so much fun with that. Oh my God! I wish we could. I wish we could just soundbite it and throw it at her the next show that we're on. You know, two weeks from now. <laughs> David, you have homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, well, I can get to that. Hopefully, oh, wow. I can get what to that. Great. Guys, it's eight o'clock. We had him an hour. We did, and and I mean, we like to talk. Dude, we touched on every kind of subject you can think of. You know, the the highs and lows of all my children, marijuana. I think he was, like, overtly telling us that, that he was being hit on. Um, I wish I could have been in the room. Um, <laughs> that was that was, that was an interview, for sure. I will tell you, when I met that man, I mean, he still got some strength to him. Because when he shook my hand, oh, Lord Jesus Ooh, I was about to be <laughs> Rook Logan. I was gonna snatch him up. <laughs> oh, I got I, I, I got a hug that went almost into a butt grab, but thank luckfully, yeah. thankfully, someone stopped me from doing it. But I almost butt grabbed the man, and the hug was bear crushing, bear crushing. And if Walt, if you're still listening, these are compliments. We love you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, our queen. Our queen here is raring to go to talk about her show. Days <laughs> of my life. Carolyn, <laughs> it's all right. Carolyn, how about we yeah. ask Anthony how he liked Leo and Xander? Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. Um, y'all don't really want me to answer this on air. All I can tell you is, you know, sometimes you go through Kleenex because of an episode like Bold and the Beautiful that we just watched. And sometimes you go through Kleenex because after you watch a certain episode, you just can't get it out of your head. I, there, I, I need more, more, more of Leo and Xander. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Well, it was quite um, quite epic. <laughs> uh, and I have to give the award again to Juwan and 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 his team. I don't know a lot of the names over there, so please forgive me. But Ron and your team, I have to give you the award again for shocking us out of the box. You know, I did not, I did not even in any of my soap imaginings see that coming. Carolyn? No, I <laughs> no, I sure didn't. <laughs> but I know the fans love uh, Sander with his shirt off. <laughs> oh. 
And obviously, Ron Leo has, has a great sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I tell you what, oh, Paul Telfer is delicious, but so is Greg Rick. I was watching Greg Rickhart, and he was strutting his stuff across that Kiriakis mansion. Oh, Jesus. Oh, he sure was. Oh, yes, he sure was. Now oh, I know I can... why Rickhart's husband loved him so much. I was like, <laughs> I, You know, I honestly thought to myself back in the day, I don't know if anybody remembers that's, that's listening right now or that's on this actual conversation, but back in the day when Lucy Coe came to Port Charles, she was the mousy librarian. And then all of a sudden, uh, one episode, they showed her with Dr. And his name was Kevin, too, but not the Kevin that we're thinking of. They showed her with okay. Harry's husband, Dr. Kevin. And it was like, oh, Lord, I, 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 I want that woman. Who is that woman and how do I have her? I mean, subsequently, I turned out gay, so it turned out I wanted to be her. But that was a different story. We'll talk about that another time. And this was one of those moments where it just, the character that you, the sleaze under the cheese, I guess you could say, came out perfectly. Greg Leichhardt was so on point, so beat. Like, he owned the Kyriakis Mansion that, in those moments. You're absolutely yeah, I'm like, Max, you got to watch out. the new lady of the house. <laughs> yeah, now, you know, again, one of my favorite scenes in the last couple of months was Victor playing off with Susan. I now need to see Leo and Victor go at it. I, I need to see the snarkiness between the two of them come to light. I tell you, you know, yeah. what I think about days the most is you can tell people are just having fun. Fun. I mean, yeah. they're having fun. Yeah. And it's been a long time. I mean, really, the last time I could think of people having fun on a soap really had to be during another world. I'm serious. I mean, you just have not seen actors really have fun in a very long time. And Days of Our Lives is different. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got to say, just for a couple, of, a couple of other hits, the, you know, the bringing in Abby King, storming in, confronted Gabby. I think we were all waiting for that. And... You yep. know, by the end of that conglomeration of scenes, they, two mothers walked out of that room, which is another beat that I'm really glad Days played. You know, yeah, we could take this, we could make this epic. We could be frenemies, we could be enemies, we could, you know, battle each other for the next 10 years. But we're mothers, we have children, let's move on. They got all the snark out, they got all the emotion out, and then they walked away as women. And I was really proud of, of, the, of those scenes too, I have to say. Yes. Oh, I need Camille to get an Emmy nom up here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there too, and I'm she's not my favorite, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. These scenes, the last couple of months, she's done some amazing work. And and they've been re- and they've been renewed and they've been renewed. Yay. Yes, they got an early renew- yeah. earliest renewal yeah. almost a decade. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and I don't think anybody listening right now is shocked. I mean, they really, two years ago, they said to themselves, look, we have one more shot at this, so let's make it, let's make the most of it, and God bless you. Thank you for all, all that you put out there. You took it and ran with it. And, yeah. and, you know, we'll get an actual anniversary season of a show that wasn't so lucky five years ago with the 50th. <laughs> so yeah. I can't mm-hmm. Ron write a 55th anniversary season. I said it's going to just be amazing. And, yeah. you know, a 14,000th episode as well. So, woohoo. Yeah. I am not surprised. The only thing oh, that's annoying me now that. I'm sorry. He's learned his lesson. The only thing that's that's annoying me now that we've given all the praises is the revolving fraternity of, uh, or should I say the revolving custodial of Holly. Um, You know, it's it's a great beat to play. I'll give them that. But it is also an infant child that needs, you know, uh, they need some stability. And with everything... Yeah, with everything that's going on in the world, it'd be nice if they, if they, you know, I mean, they're six months ahead, so nothing that I say is going to affect anything, but it'd be nice if they kind of settle down and let her just have one bed, one home for a while, and, you know, wait for Mama to come back, because we all know she's not dead. <laughs> As, oh, she's coming I mean, back. Poor Holly's been talking around more than Stormy Daniels. I mean, that child... <laughs> Oh, my Lord, he did not just go there, but he did. Casey, I love you. <laughs> you're a lot serious, though. I mean, Anthony, you're right. She really just needs, like, some stability. And you know when Nicole's still going to put that child through some hell. And I'm honestly, you know, damn it, Dina. I don't know why you have to come back and wrap up this damn show. But anyway... I kind of just want Ron to do away with Holly, <laughs> off the boarding school, a boarding yeah. school, and I mean just something. Uh, I'm sorry. I well, just, send it to mm. Port Charles and let Grandma Audrey babysitter in the attic for a couple of years. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you send a child to Grandma Audrey's house, you don't see them for five, six years. <laughs> Ah, look, remember, oh, you know what? Send Polly to Kayla's house because Joey went in his bedroom at five years old, fifteen years ago, and he emerged <laughs> fifteen years later. Twenty-two was killed enough, folks. So, oh. okay. And now the big days headline, the big days draw of the new year. I absolutely have to say that every single Same beat thing. was hit. Every single point was met. Every single emotion was rolled over, rolled through, jumped on, stomped on, spit on. When Eve walked in, there was nothing but absolute fabulousness that ensued for three episodes straight. Three episodes straight, they played every single beat. Jennifer versus Eve. Jack not knowing his children, his children not understanding. It was Kayla finding out in the hospital there was not a beat that was not hit. It was done so well. And, you know, the extremely wonderfully talented taxi department, please come on our show. God bless you for coming back uh, in the way you came back. 
Look, you know, I was honored to interview Cassie um, on Thanksgiving Eve, and she just talked about how much she loves Days of Our Lives and how much she loves acting on that show and playing with Missy and Matt and um, Casey Moss once in a while and Eric Bartsoff. And, again, you see that, and you see everybody enjoying the whole Jack thing. But I have to give a special shout-out to Mary Beth Evans because, you know, with Jack Back, you really only hear about Missy Reeves and um, Cassie, and they're all doing a great job. But I have to give a shout-out to Mary Beth Evans because every time they have Kayla talk about how Jack assaulted her, it just brings tears to my Because, like, you really feel it. You know, you really can feel Kayla's emotions. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's the beat that General Hospital never understood. And I have to, you know what, thank you for saying that. You have to so give credit to the fact that she was traumatized. And it doesn't matter that it's 30 years later. It's still going to hit a woman in a certain way. And thank you for bringing that up. And thank you, Ron, for hitting that note, too, because... You know what? In all of the shuffle of how fabulous it was, when she found out at the hospital, that's all I said, but I meant to, I did mean to expand on it and say that those beats were hit perfectly, too. Now, I will say, you know, I did tweet this out on the Twitter. It's getting a little funny to me. Jack is the Dick Cooney of Salem because nobody's shocked, really, that Jack is coming back anymore. They're like, oh, Jack, I like your haircut. <laughs> you know, like, it's, just, it's happened so many times that nobody's really shocked anymore. They'll go, oh, really? Dad's back? Oh, okay, JJ, let's go have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Hope ran to Jennifer after she saw Jack, it was like, oh, I just saw Jack. He looks good. You think he's going to be around for long? <laughs> Hope, like Hope's nice dialogue. Dude. Yeah. Like whole dialogue was purely like oh my god, we should call Jennifer. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm. My, and, you Anthony know, and everybody, my question is, was that the last we saw of Tyler? Yes. Yes, that is the last of Tyler. Oh. The next time the next time we see Stefan, it'll be um, Brandon Barash. Mm. Forever. So they get rid of the character because so Tyler ain't coming back anymore. <laughs> uh, broke that exclusively a few months ago. He's done. And, you know, it's just so sad. I, I wish him the best. Um, I won't speak on his personal matters. We all know what they are, though. Um, but I really do wish him the best. Because I love Tyler Christopher. I love watching Tyler Christopher like we all did. So, fingers there crossed. Are some, gets, yeah, there are mean? some roles that, you know, you can't get an actor. You know, that's like trying to bring in Susan Lucci on General Hospital as anyone else. You know, somebody's mother, a, a rival mob boss, it doesn't matter what part she plays, everybody's going to be looking for the Erica Kane in whatever she did. God, you know, God willingly that we would ever see that happen. It's, the, it's kind of the same thing. No matter what they did, he, he, he was still so close to his Nicholas 
that they, yeah. they weren't going to see him as that whole character of Stefano, Stefan, Stefan, you know. Um, I, I hope Brandon Barash gives it a fresh, I, I like the character. I want the character to stay around. I think that there's a lot of story to tell with it. Um, and hopefully they give, you know, he gets a good shot at, at being able to flesh it out as a whole character. And on that note, General Hospital, we don't know for sure that Nicholas is dead. So, you know what? Bring back the master to where he belongs. Well, like there you go. Say, it's a... <laughs> there's, your, there's your lead into General Hospital. <laughs> you know, rumors on the street are that Tyler Christopher contacted some people over at the GEH asking for his job back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just All right. That's well, what I'm well, Queen Carolyn, okay. I know that you have um you have some family responsibilities tonight. Is there anything else you want to bring to the show tonight before we move on to another show? No, actually, we covered it very well. And not uh, oh, if he <laughs> Tyler Christopher's going to General Hospital, he might get me interested. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, if Detective Chase shirtless hasn't gotten you over there, then I don't know what will. Maybe Detective Chase <laughs> and Nicholas and yeah. Christopher shirtless in the same team? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're, li- you're lucky Maybe. you and I don't have the same... You're, you're lucky Carolyn? you and I don't have the same Asian men. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony Casey? Maybe... Yeah. Maybe we should send Carolyn to take those self-defense classes. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, girl. <sighs> because those cheeky little moves are going to keep up against a soap opera serial killer. But, well, you know, okay. <laughs> oh, Carolyn will cut a bitch, okay? I got Carolyn's number. Go cut a bitch, girl. <laughs> Don't mess with her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, uh, so well, well, uh, so as uh, Wild Bill said, keep your back against the wall. <laughs> Good tie-in. I like that's great. <laughs> girl. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, happy New Year, and um, when's the happy next year, uh, date? Thank you. Um, when's the next date? I would say two weeks from tonight. Twenty-fourth. Twenty-fourth. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, you guys have a great weekend, and <laughs> poor Candace. <laughs> I'll see her on Twitter. Candace is just getting raked over these holes I know. tonight. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of shade thrown there. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. this shit. Oh. Well, I'm about to throw a whole bunch more shade. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wait till we get to the Young and the Restless. I'm going to throw that shade, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's some Young and the Restless. You know what? Let's go right to Young and the Restless. We'll save General Hospital. Go ahead, Casey, because right. I know you got the same shade I have. Go ahead. Oh, God, I'm so done. Throw that shade. Oh. So, look, I've been watching the Young and the Restless since I was seven years old. That show has been with me through thick and thin, but I don't know what the hell is going on? The first thing I want to get to is Victoria and Kane. Uh, one, Kane needs to go. Kane needs to go pick rocks without his shoes on. I'm so done with that, Heppa. Um, 
but I will say though, I'm liking that Victoria is acting more like Victoria lately. That is the only bright spot of the show for me is that Victoria is back in her true form. When she bitch slapped Phyllis, I was like, "Oh, Heather Tom, is that you?" But when she yes. became, yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because you know Heather Tom's got that pin pan. Remember when she slapped Victor? <laughs> Heather Tom will beat your ass. Thing is, is when she kissed Kane, and feel it because that came so out of left field. You know, this came before you said it should have happened like two years ago. That's when it should have happened because they dropped the story after Sally and Kay left, and. So hmm. I I don't know I don't like this whole Victorian thing. Um, what do you think, Anthony? What are your thoughts on a Victorian thing? Um, my thoughts are you know King came onto the scene as this hot 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 mess of a hotness. Um, you know who classic bad boy was redeemed and so on and so forth, but still has bad boy tendencies and. You know, this was not the way to pick up that thread. Just like you, there was a moment when it could have happened, and when it didn't happen, you know, it, it was dead for the rest of us. Um, yeah. So it, 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 didn't, it didn't mean anything to me except, like, oh, my God, they're so scrambling. To me, it highlighted the fact that they are so scrambling to find something to, for us to hook into. Um that I was actually more sad than annoyed. And that's, that's very rare with me. I was more sad than annoyed on it. And so <laughs> I got talked. I talked with Kay Alden today. We had a lovely two and a half hour chat that will be on daytimeindulgence.com probably tomorrow. Um, and we talked about Mal Young's show because Kay still watches those the show as much as she can and she says that she thinks there's great stories but not good execution she said there's a lot of things that are falling flat for her and she was saying this as a writer and not as a bitch because that's not who Kay is even though she has every damn right to be considering what went down the last time she was on that damn show I agree go ahead and I agree with her. There are good stories, but poor execution. A lot of things are falling flat. Um, and, you know, if they wanted Victoria and Kane, then set it up again. You know, yes. it's so easy to carry that thread of Charlie and Reed and the night they mowed down that old Decatur Road. <laughs> you know, but yeah. mm-hmm. don't understand why everything is moving so damn fast. Like, Malice trying to wrap up all of his stories in two weeks. And it's like, bro, it's okay. You ain't Ashley Abbott taking these patented stories back across the border. Like, girl, slow down. Um, so I just, it needs to slow down. Mal has to look, doesn't have to take all his stories with him. It's okay for Josh Griffiths to come and clean up your mess because apparently he needs your hand held. It's okay. Slow down. Build. 
Yeah, I, you know, and honestly, the one bright spot for me uh, two weeks ago is now, like, disgusting. And, like, I, I want to fast forward through anything Kyle Lola having, you know, I, uh, cool. I, fell into, I fell into wanting that to happen the way I, it, it was foreshadowed. And then it was just like, oh, oh my God, I'm ready to throw up. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, with you know, the whole, the four women they, they they threw these women together, made them supposedly bond, so on and so forth. But then every little episode that we got where there was a chance for them to really flesh it out, they wrapped it up in 10 minutes. And it was like, wait, there's so much more here. There's so much more here. What are you doing? And I've only watched the show for about 10 years. Tomorrow. They're going to be bonded for this for a long time, no matter if it ends or not. You know, Nick is going to find out the truth tomorrow that Nikki killed JT. And my issue with this now is that we have reveals, but they're leading nowhere. I mean, my God, every damn character is going to find out, and they're still not going to be an end to this story. It's been going on for nine months now. It's nine months. Wrap it up. Yeah, like, wrap it up. The best, the best solution could have been that it was Reed and Mac the whole time, you know, and, and come in, blow it up, and then put it to bed. You know, that would have been like the easiest and best solution. Um, well, you know, but this is you know, this is just going on and on to nowhere. You, you know, this is the last train to Peoria, Illinois, that nobody wants to be on. Please forgive me, anybody listening from Peoria, Illinois. I don't mean anything against y'all people. But nobody wants to be on a train to Yorktown at 11 o'clock at night. Lord Jesus. You don't want to be on a train oh, at 11 o'clock at way, Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, here's what I need to happen with Josh Griffith. And I'm okay with this. His first episode, you have Jess Walton sitting in a chair in the Chancellor Mansion. And you just oh, yeah. have her a, all of mouth stories away. You say six months later, and you have her kind of recap what happened in the six months we didn't see, and then you start completely fresh. I would be yes. Have her at That's what we did the first time, basically. Isn't that what you did the first time when he and Jill took over back in 11? He wrapped stories up really quickly, but he didn't do a time jump or anything. Yes, that would be terrible. Have her sitting in Catherine's desk. Yeah. Go ahead, David. If I remember correctly, it was at the time, you remember Christine was suing Phyllis for the wrongful death back then? Yes, and then, it was a fun jump. They just very quickly wrapped everything up. They just very oh, quickly yeah. went. Yeah. And that's when they introduced Carmine, by the way, who is some somewhere in the He'll be back very shortly. Um, that's when they introduced Carmine, by the way. And I just, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie. <laughs> yes. All right, well, I think, I mean, Casey, David, anything else standing out for you about Young and the Restless right now that you have to touch on? Um, just that 
Not I want. Uh. Just what um, Christoph said in his tweet, if it's true, I, I'm praying that they bring back more family values and don't um, and the veterans that still want to work have them come back. You got mm, look, okay. I think they got people look. waiting in the lines that are still on contract that haven't worked. And now, some David that are Bath David just paging Bath paging Bath. But go ahead. David just had to get started. I wasn't going to say anything else, and then he brought up that damn tweet by Christoph St. John. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be honest right now. These Y&R stars need to stop showing up and showing out, okay? Doug, yes. pull up the shirt, Nancy, and stop, okay? We get it. You were pissed. It was sad to see you go to recurring, but you are 70 years old, and there is nothing left for you to tell. I really, you know. Oh, Casey. Oh, David, don't you oh, Casey me? You know it's true. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I got to jump on that bandwagon, too. Eric Braden as well. Like, shut up, Eric. Honestly. Yeah, you know. Uh, Okay, real quick, because I don't want people coming after me either. I love these people. The the young and the restless has shaped my life, and I don't think anybody knows how much I mean that. Victor Newman, Nicky Newman, Paul Williams, Cricket Blair, all of those characters have shaped my life, and I owe a debt of gratitude to the young and the restless <laughs> for my writing and my creative mindset. But here's the thing. Stop showing out on the Twitter Delete your damn Twitter icon from your iPhone because nobody wants to hear it anymore. It's getting to the point where we just want to watch the show. Okay? Just stop. Anyway, now you can go to the next show. (laughs) Well, from young and restless, we'll go to some that are bold and sometimes beautiful. Um, Oh, and we had ugly crockers. We had a very, um, how do we categorize this right, David, Casey? We had a very interesting 8,000th episode. Um, we had a culmination of a storyline that I'm still shaking my damn head a little bit. Um, why did you have to bring in the very talented but yet very kind of oily when he's on screen, Wayne Brady. I mean, did anybody have any, like, powder puff for him? Because there was, like, you know, there was shine. I, I mean, it was blinding shine. Um, we didn't need him. We had, day, we had players on canvas that could have taken that role and ran with it. We did not need him. That was a stunt casting that just fell so damn flat. Um, I'm giving you all my opinion. I'm sorry that I'm you know, hijacking at the moment, but you built up what we were going to see as, you know, the opening of the next year's worth of storytelling. That's what you built up to us. That's what you, that's what you touted us in with. And then that's the story that you gave us. And a lot of us fans felt, um, I won't say betrayed, but felt used. Not that I didn't cry three boxes of cheap Kleenex. Cause I did three boxes. It wasn't, too. It, it wasn't, it wasn't what it should have been. For someone who you know, has watched it for as long as I've watched it. 
I thought it was supposed to be celebratory. When I was speaking with Kay Alden today, she talked about how she believed the Young and the Restless didn't receive a lot of Emmy love early on because they didn't. It took Young and Restless a long time to get Emmy love past their Emmy for Outstanding Drama in 70... When did they... um, 76, 78. Um, So anyway, she was saying she didn't believe they didn't receive a lot of Emmy love because they never tried to write an Emmy show. You know, that one show that you really worked up to stand out from the rest of the year. They just wrote the show. They with the flow of things. Then when we talked about The Bold and the Beautiful, she said The Bold and the Beautiful, where Brad Bell is different from his father, is he loves to write an Emmy show. And she said they're great shows. It's just she, it's something she didn't have to do until she got out of the realm of The Young and the Restless. And so with this 8,000th episode, Brad wrote his Emmy show. You know, he wrote his whole Emmy week, everything. Anika Noel, you know she's going to get a very well-deserved Emmy nomination next year. And she'll probably even take it home next year as well. But here's the thing. That was a really lovely week. It was just amazing. It blew me away. Acting, everything. But now we're just going to get back into the normal bold and beautiful. And it's starting to really irk me that we have one great week when we still have 50 weeks left to fill. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't know where bold and beautiful is going to go from now, but they need to keep up their momentum a little bit more. And I really wish Brad Bell would, just go to executive producer and let somebody else take over as head writer because it's starting to bore me. And people are really starting to tune out of daytime soaps in record-breaking numbers now. I mean, what, bold's down like 387,000 from uh, 2017. So we really need to figure out a game plan. So I don't know. We'll see if the rest of the year is good, but I doubt it. Well, on that wonderful note, we have one soap left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was quick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. General Hospital. Does anybody want to go first? Look, see David's coughing to try and get out of it. (laughs) All right. Well, then I'll go. First off, I just have to give an extreme amount of props to the other day, the opening sequence with Lucy and the book. If that wasn't so damn cute, I don't know what was. (laughs) One year of glory in five minutes. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Well, you know, it was classic Lucy. You know, and everybody interacting in a way that made us all tickle for a few minutes, which, you know, General Hospital is not, since they lost, you know, Tracy, Luke, um, you know, a lot of the one-liner players 
there hasn't been a lot of fun moments in the show in a long time. And so, you know, that, that, that to me was like, oh, this is interesting. I haven't seen this in a while. I'm so glad. And to use, you know, to use Lynn Herring, you know, obviously everybody knows my love for Miss Lucy Coe, my love for Lynn Herring. Um, but besides that, to use, you know, that beat, that moment, in that way was, was very fresh and cute. Having said that, just kill Oscar already. Let him die. And I love Oscar. Y'all all know that. I have been rooting for the boy. I love him. But, okay, if you ain't going to kill him, kill him. Because the march to death is boring now. Um, God forgive me. And that's so, you know, I don't mean that in real life. But on my show, it's like, all right, you know, I, I, I got other things I want to look at. So kill him already. I do want to give props again to Will Lipton. Um, yeah, this boy came on. This boy came on, and he's hit every beat that I've wanted him to hit. Um, even to the fact that I'm thinking to myself subtly, like, oh my god, does he actually have feelings for Oscar underneath all this? Like, what's going on? This boy is playing it so well. Um, and that's the storyline. I'm sure they're not going to go with, but just you know, okay, he's hitting thought, every. When god, I, okay. when Cam. When Cam came in to check on Oscar, I thought I was watching a gay porn unfold. I was like, my goodness, oh, tone it down a little bit, Will Lipton. Look, I love you, Will Lipton, but my goodness, you had more chemistry than Tamara Brown and Maurice Bernard ever did. Oh, I mean, Yes, thank you, thank you, yes. Yeah, I, I want the moment where Oscar says, what are you doing all this for? And he says, don't you know? And they look at each other, and it's just like, on. Oh. Boom, 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 bang, bang, boom, 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 bang, bang. You know, yes. Oh, my God. Because we certainly ain't getting it from Sam and Jason. And at this point, I'm sorry, I have to say it. At this point, I'm so far past that when they do do it, I'm probably going to fall asleep. Y'all have been leading up to Sam and Jason, Sam and Jason, Sam and Jason. Oh, my God, I'm so over it. I'd rather than sleep a car at this point. And I'm, okay, I'm a little confused because I tuned out of General Hospital for about a month. I'm a little confused on what's going on with Sam. I know she received the obituary of Leland Powell, but is Hank or Shiloh his son? Do we know that yet? What's going on there? Shiloh is his son, supposedly. We don't know that for sure. We just know that Sam thinks he is. Um, not Leland oh, Powell's okay. son. He's not Leland Powell's son. He isn't. No, he's he's another one of her husband's sons. Oh yeah, didn't they mention that on like two days ago or yesterday's episode that he yesterday. was related to? It? And she was like, yeah. "Oh my god, that's another husband." And I was like, "Oh my god, Kelly Monaco, speak up." Hey. Um Hank Archer so, is the son of D.H. Archer, who was an advertiser. Yeah, yeah. D.H. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, Lord, look. All I can say is I don't know why we needed another cast member. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but I'm interested in the story a little bit. I really am. Because I really like this guy, because I loved him as Ashley's side bitch on The Young and the Restless. The Restless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really liked 
on Young and Restless, and I wanted Young and Restless to keep him. So I'm watching it just because I love this guy. Um, And I also love Lexi Ainsworth being back with a story. It is about time they place her in a story that's a little more interesting than just pouring drinks and eating kitty. Um, So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But I do want to hit on the new opening. I really wanted Anthony's thoughts because, Lord, I thought he was going to bitch about that for an hour on this podcast. (laughs) Anthony, what are your thoughts on the new GH opening? Anthony, were you able? (laughs) Okay. Share with us. Let me just say this. I have, for those of you who don't remember, I have vision issues. So when I actually want to see something, I have to pause, magnify, so on and so forth. I did four stops, four pauses, and said, oh, hell no. What the hell is this mess? What is this mess? Why they needed a new opening? You know, if there was some major arc storyline going on and they decided, oh, let's blow them with a a fabulous new opening, I'd have been like, yeah, okay, let's have a party. I I, I stopped. I, I, I magnified. I looked. I did it again, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? So I can't really expand on it as a whole because after four times of, of trying this, I said, no, this, no, nope, don't know what this is. This is so, like, eighth grade, you know, film project that, that didn't even win. Like, this is like the third runner-up. <laughs> no. I know. Who, who I like what Casey said. Frank got... Adobe Photoshop for Christmas. I swear. I mean, that looks like, you know what? The moment that opening was done and they went to commercial, I started having flashbacks. I was like, only love can save the world. Because, I mean, that is an opening you make for your show if you want to be canceled. I was like, what the right? hell is this back? <laughs> I was like, look, Frank, you got Ellen Wheeler's number. <laughs> Oh, do you God. remember? Do you remember back in the day when all my children finally made their first opening change, and it went to yeah. all those postcards being flown like through the air? Um, uh, that that was an opening that was like fabulous. It was like, what? Oh, who thought of this? This is phenomenal. This was like some oh, like, really bad oh, eighth had- grade film film project. You, you know, third runner up. It wasn't even the winner. It was like the third runoff. It was bad. It was bad. Bad. You know, as I watched it more, I liked the lighter tones, and I liked the new cast photos. But that was about it. I'm like, who could have – he could have made that into a very gorgeous, updated Faces of the Heart opening. Yeah. I mean, opening really could have been something to talk about. But, no, instead we got – Dun, 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 and oh, it was a mess. But I have okay. epileptic by the time that thing was done. I okay. Now I have to say something else because you know the mob on General Hospital is a character within itself. It ain't going no. I mean, it's you know, it's basically Edward Quatermain, you know, with an extended life. The mob isn't going anywhere. But they gave Maurice Bernard his 25th anniversary episode which was, as a piece of work itself, was phenomenal. I did not in any way, shape, or form, though, agree with the message that was told at the end of the story. I was very upset with that. And now, again, today, or actually that was yesterday's episode. I just saw it today. 
um, they had this little sidebar with Laura and Sonny where he basically acknowledges who and what he is and offers to kind of bow out. And instead of having the moment where she agrees and says, you know what, thank you for saying that, you are going to be a problem for me. I, I need to distance myself as much as possible. You'll always be my co-parent-in-law, you know, whatever the hell he is, you know, your daughter, my son, whatever, and Spencer. She says, oh, no, we have a wonderful friendship. I will never – like, no. Again, you kind of subtexted and underglorified the mob for what it really is. And that really pisses me off, General Hospital. Y'all should go. You're pissing I, off the fans. But... I have another question with GH, and this might have happened when I tuned out for about a month or two. Why is Felicia not the mayor of Port Charles when the whole reason they're doing this corruption story and how to recount and a revote is because of Felicia. Like, why did the story not tie back to the amazing Christina Wagner? I don't understand that. You know what? Neither, I don't think David can answer it because... No. When they brought it up, when they brought it up that they had found the box on Cassadine Island and all that, it was so close to a new mayoral election that they just decided to discount that that ever happened and move forward, which was the most ridiculous kind of like, uh, it was just ridiculous. Anna should have stood up at that moment. The Got whole it. reason for the story. I mean, this story started... 62 years ago, it feels like, because now everybody, nobody ever wanted to wrap it up. But that was the whole reason for the story, was that it was Felicia's ballot that was written. Yeah, it was Felicia. All that. Yeah. They had that one moment. This was, this was like a year and a half ago, before, right as um, when Lomax was they had that moment and they said, well, since there's another, may- you know, since the actual new mayoral election is coming up, it's invalid either way. Let's just go ahead with a new election. They did have, they did give us that moment. It was like a year and a half ago, but it was ridiculous. It was stupid. And Anna was involved somehow. I don't, I wish I could remember word for word what had happened. Um, or this show. It's like, oh, you know, my main issue with General Hospital if you take out the little ones like the opening and the mob-centric stuff, which Anthony and I are on the same page with that BS. But my main thing is, is this is a show that only looks good on paper. When I was reading those recaps, because I used to read Dan Kroll's uh, Soap Central weekly uh-huh. read. Thank you, Dan Kroll. The show sounded fabulous. I mean, it really did. You know, they were like, oh, Felicia, you know, went to see Ryan, who she thought was Kevin, and, oh, here's Nina's daughter. And I was like, this show has a little bit of everything. But then you tune in, you find out Nina's fake daughter is a bad actress, Felicia was on for five minutes, and the Ryan story has dragged out too long with no payoff. You know what I mean? Like, GH only sounds good on paper. And they really need to fix that issue going into 2019. Finishing up 2019, I would say, as the next 11 and a half months. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that the Ryan the Ryan storyline has gone too has gone on too long. They're now bringing it. They're now doing exactly what I prayed they would not do. They had such great momentum coming in when you know when he went home with Lucy, pretending to be Kevin, pretending to be sick. It hit every beat. Two days later, he killed Mary Pat. It was that was like so well done. Now it's it's beyond cheese. It's beyond camp. You know, right as Tiki was killed, it had the it had the it was sitting on the fence. It could either fall on the side of greatness or fall on the side of cheese and camp. And I prayed and prayed and prayed that they would do all the right all the right things with this storyline. Bring Felicia back. Hit the note. They brought Mac back. For what? It was just wasted. Like I almost hit fast forward. It was wasted. It was useless. It, it's now gone and, into camp. And if they don't pull it back it, like now. God, it's so sad that this isn't Felicia's story. Once again, it's a story that started around Felicia and is not going to be about David. Felicia. You know, there's a, there's one part of me that has that has to wonder. Does she just not want that much work? Is it possible she just doesn't want that much work, and that's why they're running around all these different tail endings of it? But I don't think so. How how could you go to an actor and say we're going to resurrect this and you know and and put you face forward? No, I I can't. I can't imagine what they're thinking. Like I really think we don't know what they're thinking. Doesn't want her. And for some crazy reason, I don't get that because Christina Wagner still looks amazing and she Mm -hmm. is a great actress. And again, if you really want to make this Ryan story about history as it should be, then it's Felicia. Because Ryan was obsessed with who? Felicia. And so I, I don't know why they're not making this a history story when they pulled a character from history. Because here's the thing. Nobody was asking. Oh, you found girl. But nobody was asking for Ryan to be resurrected. I'm sorry. We just were not. No, we weren't. We weren't yet. They will forgive you for stupid things like that if you play them outright. So, had, had this had been a story about Laura and Felicia from day one, then I guarantee nobody would have been outraged and they would have been calling that the best story of 2018 going into 2018. Yeah, and they had the perfect opportunity. He walked in on Peyton, whatever the hell his name was, editing Felicia's moment. That could have snapped him. You know, I, I bought, I, I'll give you this. For the sake of wanting to be invested in this story and loving John and um, Maura's chemistry together, I bought that he looked at Felicia like, oh, she's a grandmother now. She's not. I bought that. I, I, would, I went along with that. I didn't like it, but I, but, I, but I decided to believe it like we have to decide to believe Jack's back for the 13th time in Salem. I bought that. But then he walked in on that, on that moment, and it could have snapped him right back into – and that was the perfect beat that they completely missed. Completely missed. 
You know what you know, it is. It's Barbara's room in that damn writer's room. I know Barbara's got something to do with something over there. <laughs> you know what's always annoyed me about General Hospital? And, and it doesn't, it's kind of a moot point now because it, it would never really be brought up much for any real reason. But for years, okay, Luke had a cute little fascination, flirtation, and romance with Felicia. He had a cute little flirtation yes. romance with Lucy Coe. He had a cute little flirtation, yeah. almost romance, with his Natasha. He, you know, he had a cute and wonderful, long-lasting relationship with Tracy. He had Sky. None of this was ever mentioned again, ever, during his drinking period, during his uh, uh, intervention. When he, it was never, ever mentioned again that all of these relationships happened. And it's, uh-huh. it's sort of, it's, it's the same kind of storyline now. Ryan had deep-set, invested, invested relationships. Don't forget, he also, he also had a, a, an adversarial relationship with Anna. Yeah. And it's, it's never even been touched. It, like, you know, even in the, the Lulu researching everything, it was never even touched that there was an adversarial relationship with Anna. She's still on canvas. I mean, you know, flirting with Finn or whatever, but mm. she's still here. Yep. I just, uh, yeah, this show, I just, uh, I try to love General Hospital so much. I really, really do, but they make it so hard to love them. Uh, you guys, cl- and also, closing thoughts? Okay, so closing thoughts, let's see. Why and our GH... Get your shit under control. I'm sorry, David. I just had to say it. Get it under control. B&B, you're doing all right. I'm interested to see where you go. Days, you're not even in the same realm as a soap or any TV show because that's how amazing it is. And let's just see where the rest of 2019 goes for our soaps. Okay. Mine kind of piggybacked the same same kind of. Bold and the beautiful, you have you have the perfect opportunity. If you play through and and stop and stop resting on the laurels of the triangle and so on and so forth, if you play through what you just set up, you can have an extremely extremely wonderful year. And let's hope you do. Young and the Restless General Hospital, just do yourselves a favor. I don't know what time zone you're in, but for us here in New York, it's at 12 p.m. Just turn on NBC for an hour for a couple of days and take a little look at what Ron and and that whole crew is doing and say to yourselves, why don't we look, feel, sound, smell, and taste? Because I'm going to throw some taste in there. You know Zanza and Leo is going to get some tasting up in there. Why don't we smell, look, feel, and taste like this? David, like how that. about you? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go. I like what each of you said. Excuse me. Um, I'm just going to go with my basic one is if you believe in your show, keep on watching. It can. Mm. It may get better, but don't give up on it if it doesn't because you never know when something good's going to happen, and I wouldn't want you to miss it. 
Oh, oh my God! Case in point, when she opened, when they opened that body bag and showed, you know, that, that was the scene of all scenes on a show that's doing so horribly bad right now. But you know, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, real quick, even if you have to tune out for a month like I did, then still support the show. You know, I was still up on Twitter every damn day tweeting about these shows, child. It's okay to tune out just for a bit because we all need a breather from these shows. You know, I didn't watch all my children for almost a year, one year, but Charles Crouch Jr. was writing it. But still support the shows because that's what matters the most. That's what networks look for is if people still support these shows and still want to love them and watch them. All right, guys. See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks, guys. Thank you for joining me. Candace, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Get connected with Take Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit TakeTwoRadio.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.